Turn with me again to Ephesians chapter number 1. We're actually going to be in uh, verses uh, 12 and 13 today. I'm going to begin reading here in just a moment, but it's an exciting study, who I am in Christ. Let me just remind us what we've seen so far. This is our fourth week in this study. Boy, it's gone fast, hasn't it? We saw last, uh, the last few weeks that I am, I am chosen, I am holy, I am blameless, I'm adopted, I am in the beloved, man, that, that's one of my favorites, because I've returned love to God who loved me first. I'm in the beloved. And last week we saw I am predestined, and what a powerful, powerful word that was. Today, when we come to verse 12 and 13, we're going to find out in Scripture, I am sealed. Now look at these verses for a moment. Verses, well actually I'm going to begin reading up here um, just in verse uh, number 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and both which are on the earth. In him we have, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. In Him also you trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. What does that mean to be sealed with the Holy Spirit? Well, that's a powerful, powerful uh, word in Scripture. In fact, it's a very profound theological teaching that God's given us in Scripture. Now, to understand the word sealed, let's go back a little ways. Let's go back to the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was crucified, He was buried in uh, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. It was a new tomb. Nobody had ever been buried in it. They took the body. They placed it in that tomb. And the Roman soldiers now are in charge of that tomb. They roll the stone in place. And when they roll that stone in place, the Scripture tells us in Matthew 27, 66, that they sealed that tomb. Now listen to Matthew for a moment. So they went and made the the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. The seal in this scripture and there in Rome stood for the, the power and the authority and the authenticity of the Roman government. That tomb was sealed and they would take a, a little string 
And they would place that string across that tomb and they would put some wax on one side, some wax on the other side. The signet of the Roman government, the authority that sealed it, and they would stamp it into that wax. And if that string is broken, you know that the tomb has been tampered with, that it has been sealed. We used to do something like that when I was a little boy growing up. If we didn't want anybody to go in our bedroom like our mom and dad, we would put a little piece of scotch tape at the top of the doorway. We'd tape that door on one side to the, to the, the uh, face there. We'd tape it on the other side where you open the door. That tape would be there and you would know immediately if anybody ever came in your room because they would, would break that tape upon entering. Well, that's what a seal is. A seal stands for ownership. When the tomb of Jesus was sealed, it was the way that Rome was saying, we now own this tomb. No one better tamper with it. It is authentic. It's under the care of the Roman government and it's protected by the Roman authority. And these guards are standing in place. For that body of Jesus to have been tampered with, it would have meant immediate death for those guards who were guarding that tomb. Well, you know the story. Jesus was resurrected. And we're just going to be excited about that in in just a few weeks as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But that's what the word sealed means. It means that there is ownership, there is authenticity, And there is protection. Notice the scripture we're looking at today says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is the first thing that happens to us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us. He seals us. He keeps us. We're His. We're His possession. And nothing can change that. Nothing at all can separate us from the love of God. Go back up in that verse 12 for a moment. We who first trusted in Christ. It says we, verse 13, who trusted again in Him. After you heard the word, we hear the word We trust in Christ. The Bible says, the heard the gospel of our salvation. We who have believed were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There are two words in this scripture that I think make all the difference in the world. In just the next few minutes, I want to deal with these two words. And then then we're going to be finished in a moment. But I want you to think with me about this word. Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit came as a promise that God made that Jesus asked of the Father. You and I read in the Gospel of John chapter number 14. Jesus says, I'm going to pray to the Father and He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will live in you. He will be in you and abide with you forever. Do we realize today as a Christian that when I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior, 
And I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and into my life. Something supernatural happened in my life at that very moment. What happened in my life at that very moment is that the Holy Spirit of God came to indwell me and He's never left. When you trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came to indwell in you and He's never left. That's why God can say to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why Paul said in Romans, what can separate us from the love of God? And he goes through a litany of things and he says, nothing could ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the significance in this verse of Scripture of this statement that Paul makes. You and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There is absolutely nothing that can touch us without God's divine approval and His permission. The Holy Spirit was the promise that Jesus had asked from the Father. And He promised us that the Holy Spirit would come. So now, as a believer, when I trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit has come to live within me. Notice that again, that, that word again, verse 13, verse 12, both of these verses actually, that we who first trusted in Jesus, and again in verse 13, in whom you trusted. I ask you this morning, who are you trusting for your salvation? Who are you trusting for your eternal life? Who are you trusting in order for your life to have purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Friend, it needs to be Jesus because He's the only one worthy of trust. He is the only one who can save you through His blood upon the cross that He shed for you that forgave your sins when you ask Him. Now there's the first important word in this verse I wanted to show you. The promise, the Holy Spirit of promise. I belong to Him. He is my owner. He is, I'm, I'm authentic. He protects me. But there's another word that I want you to notice. And we may have never seen this if we didn't look closely down in verse 14. It says that this Holy Spirit of promise is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. I want you to notice for a moment that little word, until. That's a powerful word. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that I will be saved when Jesus comes again. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee. This spirit of promise that lives within me is God's way of saying to me, Joel, when I come again, you're going to be saved. I'm going to receive you. You're never going to lose your salvation. When I come again, I'm keeping you. You're not holding on to me. I'm holding on to you and my promises to you through the Holy Spirit who lives within you that I will keep you until the return of Jesus Christ. Now, I think the return of Jesus Christ may not be too far away, don't you? Think about this for a moment. 
We saw that scripture in Hebrews 10, 25 a moment ago. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Is it, is it ironic that we're living in a time where churches are having to not meet because of the threat medically of what's going on into the world? You want to tell me that's not a sign of the soon coming of Jesus? I'm telling you, friend, it is. It certainly is. The Bible tells us, it told us in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You come together even so much more as you see the day of the return of Christ coming. Friend, there, there may be a time in our new, near future that we finally have to say as a people, you know what, we can't stay apart any longer. We can't stay isolated any longer. We've got to come together and trust our God and worship Him. Now, I don't personally think we're there yet. I think that, that a lot of things are happening medically that are, that are going to work. And, and I certainly hope they do. But my friend, listen to me. God never intended for His church to be scattered out. He intends for His church to be gathered together. You say, now wait a minute, preacher. I know the Bible tells us in the book of Acts they were scattered and went everywhere preaching the Word. They sure did. And that's what we're supposed to do when we're scattered. But all through Scripture we see God gathers His children. God gathers His people. God gathers His family. And in the end, God's going to gather His people in the millennial reign of Christ and for a thousand years. And after that, He will gather us in heaven for all eternity. Don't let anybody tell you that God wants His people separated. God wants His people coming together to worship Him. Now some of you are going to have a big decision to make when we come back together. You've gotten comfortable missing church, staying home, watching online. I'm going to tell you something, friend. That's not God's first choice. That's not God's best will. God's best will is that the church come together and encourage each other as the Bible told us in Hebrews 10.25 and praise and exalt Christ. Well, I got off chasing a rabbit there. I I think I got that. Uh, But anyway, let's come back. Let's look at this word until and and we're going to close out here in a moment. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is God's way of guaranteeing you. He guarantees you. God the Father gives you an eternal promise, a guarantee that you will not be lost after you have been saved and trusted Christ until the coming of the Lord, until Jesus comes. I want to show you that in one passage of Scripture, and then then we're going to close out. I want you to just simply turn over to the book of John. John chapter 10. And I want you to notice these words of Jesus for a moment. And what powerful, powerful words they are. John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Listen to these verses. Well, I'll actually start in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. That's pretty clear, isn't it? My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. What a powerful verse of Scripture. 
Do you know when I was a young man, a young preacher, there was a preacher friend of mine, and I thought the world of him. I loved him to death. I still do. But he came alongside me, and, and he, he thought that you could be saved, and then you could lose your salvation. And he began to tell me that. He said, Joel, did you know you can be saved and lose your salvation? I said, no, no, you can't. I, I, I don't think you can lose your salvation. In fact, I, I read these verses of Scripture to him, and, and here was his response. He said, you're exactly right. No one can take you out of God's hand but you can remove yourself out of God's hand. Now, I'm going to tell you, friend, that, that, that's sad. That's a sad way of interpreting Scripture. That's just making something up to fit what you want to believe to start with. Why don't we come back to this verse? Let's stick with what the Bible says, and let's stick with what Jesus says. He said, until Christ comes, the Holy Spirit living in me is God's guarantee that I will not be lost and that I will be His property. He owns me and He's coming back to get me. It's exactly what Jesus told us here. He said, I give to you my sheep, those that have trusted in me, I give you eternal life. You will never perish. The word never perish, friend, is not hard to understand. It means never perish, doesn't it? You're never going to perish. You're always going to be God's property. You're always going to be God's child. You will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch you out of my hand. The only one that I know that could try to snatch you out of his hand is the devil himself, Satan himself. Well, God covers that in verse 29. My Father, who has given them to me, Jesus says, is greater than all. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John tells us, No one is able to snatch you out of my Father's hand, nor my hand. My friend, I want you to know that you have trusted in Christ as your Savior. You're saved for eternity. Isn't it about time that you stop doubting your salvation? Have you done what the Bible says to do to be saved? You first trusted in Jesus. You heard the gospel that Jesus died for you and arose from the grave for you. You've asked Christ to forgive you of your sin and come into your heart and be your Savior. When you ask Him, He placed the Holy Spirit in you and He's going to be there until Jesus returns again. Isn't it time you stop doubting your salvation and keep your faith in Christ and trust in Him? He is going to keep you saved until He comes to get you. I close with one verse. Jude chapter 24. Verse 24 rather. There's only one chapter. Jude verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. If Jesus comes this week, guess what? All of us that know Christ as our Savior have had the guarantee of the Holy Spirit sealed by the Holy Spirit. I 
am sealed. Nothing can touch me. When Jesus comes, we'll be raptured to be with Him forever. Well, thank you for listening today. Remember, drop your offering in the, in the box there, box 56. Pray for one another. Let's pray through the directory again this week. I'm going to start at the back now, coming back toward the front, praying for all of those people as God brings them to mind. God bless you and know that I love you and count it a joy to be your pastor. Listen as Daniel leads us again in a powerful, powerful hymn. God bless you. See you next week at 10 o'clock Sunday morning.